part of it was be, being knowing that we are here for more and we we can create a different lifestyle for ourselves, knowing that deep in, in our hearts, but not really knowing what, exactly what to do to get there. I would say the spiritual aspect of this. Yes. Of um, when you're quite spiritual, like we are, and uh, you realize that life is worth living. And if you really want to do something, then you've really got to do it. Take a girl and a guy, and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couple Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. So we've created not only an avenue we can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. People like today's guests, Yulia and Paul, thank you so much for being on our podcast today. Hello, and thank you so much for inviting us. Hi, thank you. It's a great pleasure. So you guys are in Costa Rica right now? Is that where you guys are at? That's right. That's yeah. right, yeah. That is awesome. This is really, you know, it's really one of the great aspects of doing this podcast, Gene, is mm-hmm. meeting people from all over the world, right? Yeah, except for that time change thing, right? Yeah, the time difference, we <laughs> seem to We had a couple in Australia, and that was really interesting because it was like the next day there. <laughs> Before we get into your story, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? How old are you? Uh, what do you do for a living? And how long have you been together? Great. So I'm Paul. I'm a health coach. I help people with hormone imbalances and gut issues. I'm 47 years old. I come from England and I've been with my wife now for 20 years married and 22 years together. I'm Yulia, married to Paul. For over 20 years, we celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary this, this year. I'm originally from Russia. I relocated to England to join Paul uh, 20 years ago also. And I help health and wellness coaches build their businesses online and take their practices to six-figure, to successful six-figure level and beyond. You know, one of the things that I wish people could see is they're only going to hear this and they don't see your face, but just you guys talking about your little bit of your history, you're just lit up. And that's a really cool thing that couples get when they do share their story. You know, it like brings back all those great memories. So yeah, maybe you guys can tell us uh, how you both met each other. Yes, yeah, yeah. so that is an interesting story. So, yeah, um, it was basically first off down to me. Um, I was back in England and I wanted to go on a trip somewhere. And I was looking through, I can't remember what it was, a magazine. And it said, you can go on a trip to Moscow and go to Moscow for a week and see all the sites in you know, a red square, the Kremlin and all this kind of thing. And in the, in the winter, so all the snow. So I thought, wow, that sounds like a, a great idea. So I've never been to Russia before. So let's let's do it. So I booked a trip went over and um on that trip 
I met Yulia. Yes, I was in a, in a, one of the clubs in Moscow that we met. And it was a very interesting thing that happened when I saw Paul. I just felt like, oh, my God, this is the man I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. It was just like a download and it was so quick. And it was I was getting goosebumps and it was just such a strange feeling like we've known each other before. And that's how that's how we met. Yeah, it's, it's when you meet somebody and you just feel like you've known them for a long time, it just clicks. And that's how it felt when we met together for the first time. Yeah, it was uh, interesting to say the least. We hear that a lot, actually, <laughs> that a yeah. lot of people just know. And how old were you guys when you met each other? So I was 26, I think, right. when we met. Yes, and I was you 18. 18, oh, yeah. Very young. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So how did being from different countries, how did that, how do you date when you live in different countries? Yeah, so Paul had to pop over. So yeah, I had to pop over, of course, to uh, visit, but I also wrote letters. So lots of letter writing. There. Yeah, because just to clarify, that was before internet. Yeah. Uh, and that was uh, like such sweet times when we were writing letters to each other, physical letters and sending them by post. And I would open a post box and the letter from Paul. And you would send me flowers and you would send me some gifts. Yeah, yeah, international floral delivery. So I'd send you flowers and you'd get them. And uh, that was really sweet. So I think and you really used to write time. poems for me as well. Oh, yeah, did I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I used to write poems as well. Okay. So how often would you guys see each other? And what was the time frame that you lived in separate countries? A year and a half. About a year and a half. And we'd see each other. Every three months. Every so. few months. Yeah, something like that. Do you think that it has some advantages, having that distance and having to write letters and having to really work for this? Uh, I think we really wanted to be together. And yeah. that, that's why we got married. And there were some visa issues that I was experiencing back in, in Russia, coming over to England. Uh, we would have dated. And I mean, I mean, I would have come to England and lived there. We would have dated for longer. Uh, but because of the visa issues, we wanted to be together. But I was not allowed to come to come into the UK. So we decided that that was the best next step. Well, you decided to propose to yes, me, rather. I, I decided to propose to her for, well, yeah. if they're not going to allow us to be together, then we have to take matters into our own hands. So I proposed in can, Moscow. Can you tell us the story of that engagement? Yes, it was in my apartment. And you invited yes. my mom. Yeah, your mom was there. And my sister. And uh, then you got the ring out and you proposed. Went, went on bending knee and proposed. Uh, what was uh, family's uh, reactions to your relationship? Yes. I mean, my family really liked Paul straight away. And I think Paul liked my family as well. Yes, absolutely. And the one thing I noticed about uh, Yulia's family, they're very family orientated. They've got a very strong family bond. Um, and I noticed that and I like that a lot. And so, also hospitality yeah. is yeah. a big part of Russian yeah. culture. Is it fairly easy to go back and forth still? Like if you want to oh, visit. We don't actually go as much back and forth as we used to. No. Uh, it's just every few years now more. Yeah, as probably because of our business now and what we're doing. We're, we're really busy. Um, Yulia's gone back more recently than I have, but it's always nice to go back and oh, yeah. uh, see the family. Were, were you the first of your family to leave the country, Yulia? I have a very big family. <laughs> I have about 18 cousins. And my mum is one of eight, so I have a very big family, yes, and some of them left and went to 
through other places in the world. Okay. So where did you guys actually get married? What country were you in? It was in Moscow. We actually got married in Moscow. And uh, we did it in a registry office there. Yes, and it was a beautiful hot summer's day. Paul's parents came over and his dad flew on an airplane for the first time. Yeah. And uh, we had a beautiful wedding. It was a really beautiful day. And did you choose that country because of the visa issues? Yes. 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 And, and you... also because I have a bigger family than Paul. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's lovely. And so if you get married in Russia, are you married everywhere else? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because like I know my sister got married in Guatemala, but she had to get married in the United States first. Oh, interesting. Even though they're both citizens of the United States, they didn't recognize the, the Guatemalan wedding, which is maybe because they're citizens. I'm not sure. So that's interesting. So after the wedding, where do you guys live? I know you guys have uh, been travelers and like to set up home in lots of places. Yeah, so we lived in England. I relocated to England and Paul lives in a small city in England, in the Midlands. And I've just been so used to a big city. I said to Paul, okay, let's go to, to London. There's more opportunities there. And generally, I'm a sort of type A personality. I do like stimulation. And uh, after about five, it took us about five years to make the move. And then eventually we, we yeah. moved to, to London. To and, uh, spent about, about three years. Three years. Three years that we spent there. After which we decided to really step into the unknown and uh, we decided to leave our corporate jobs it was my it was my idea i, I felt that uh, i've always wanted to live somewhere warm english weather is just so it is really cold and it is cold for about 11 months of the year and it's just it's just not pleasant so uh, we, we have been looking into other places anyway yeah and um it, was it a took a little bit convincing yeah, it took a little bit and uh, we'd already got a house there and we'd you know, done a lot of DIY work, reconstruction on it. And it was like, okay, so for us, we've got to sell it now and, uh, and leave. So that's what we did. We decided yes. to do it. And we left so, for India. Yes, we left our corporate jobs. We left uh, everything. We sold everything we had in England. And uh, we also went, we switched, we switched to raw foods lifestyle, raw vegan lifestyle which you know you, you eat a lot of fruits and then you start to crave warmer weather and it helped us uh, it helped us move so for a lot of people that are listening that might sound like a radical shift yeah right mm -hmm. to kind of you guys had planted implanted roots you know in london and to completely uproot everything and not only change where you live right but to also change your lifestyle so how was that shift how did you guys do that you know it's a great question and i think part of it was to do with my health and i knew that i needed to be in a warmer climate because i was going through a lot of health challenges at the time uh, debilitating fatigue hormonal imbalances debilitating gut issues paul would come back from work at 5 p.m in the evening i would still mm. be in bed and, um, I knew that I needed a different environment. And also, I think part of it was be, being knowing that we are here for more and we, we can create a different lifestyle for ourselves, knowing that deep in, in our hearts, but not really knowing what, exactly what to do to get there. I would say the spiritual aspect of this. Yes. Of um, when you're 
quite spiritual like we are and uh, you realize that life is worth living and if you really want to do something then you've really got to do it because you know you don't want to uh, live your life um, just thinking about something that you want to do but never actually realize it so I think that's really important as well to understand and we were quite simple in the way we lived you know we um, we sold our car we sold our house and we felt really good about it we just we felt you know releasing this load almost that you're just freeing yourself of all these possessions and it's freeing it really isn't it felt freeing to our souls so then we traveled and uh, we felt like kids i think yeah and this is so exciting I and mean, i still remember the day when we sat in a house everything was gone it was empty and uh we were drinking some tea and looking around it just felt we felt so alive we really felt so renewed and excited about our new adventure excited to discover what we could do and also excited to understand what are we here to do because corporate environment wasn't the right one it felt really restricting and it, it just felt really rigid as well and uh, if i think as a creative spirit you always seek for that way to express your creativity and i know some people suppress it and they'll say well it pays the bills and it pays my pension it's like what can i do it pays my mortgage but that was that was never a good enough excuse to me i just i knew i could not spend 50 years doing something i hated just because it paid the bills and um, that is why we decided to and for you also you've also been um, yeah i mean i had that vision of myself going through my life you know working every day, Monday to Friday in the rain, going to work and uh, then waiting to get your pension. I thought, well, that just doesn't really appeal to me. I just don't want that kind of life. I want something different. So that's why we made the decision and uh, we went mm -hmm. traveling, sold everything. So. so one of my favorite questions to ask people, and since you brought it up, I'm going to ask you guys, usually I, I do this in our private work, is can you talk about your spiritual journey and what is your belief about why people are here on earth and what happens when we die. My, my journey starts off with the spiritual side of things when I was young and I would have uh, prophetic dreams and then they would come true. And uh, so that got me thinking, well, you know, life's not as, you know, as it's supposed to be. Like people tell me it's, it's different. There's this other element to it that I, I was not aware of. And um, so it really kicked off from there. Then I was got in, interested in, um, you know, things like paranormal UFOs. I'll buy the magazines, you know, books. As a kid, I'll devour them, uh, reading them and over and over again. And, um, and then through the years, I, you know, I had a lot of paranormal experiences and um, seen UFOs. I've been in crop circles. We've had experiences in that. We've had a ghost in our house when we were in London. <laughs> There's so many different things have happened. Um, and then, so from this understanding and what I read and what I've realized myself is that we're on a planet, we're soul beings, we're here in a physical form and we're here in a kind of school, I would say. We're learning lessons and uh, helping people and through that helping ourselves and, you know, we're all in this together. And um, if we can realize that, then that really helps us get above so many of the daily, um, you know, bites that people can get into and uh, traumas and things and really realize that we're here for a higher purpose and, uh, and take responsibility yeah, also. Yeah. Take responsibility for yourself. Realize, you know, health, uh, health, is lifestyle. Important. Yeah. yeah. And obviously that's what I do now. I'm Growth. a health coach. Health is important. And um, if you see your, your body as a temple, like I do, I, I try to give it the best I can and do the best for it. And um, you know, this is how we should live our life and always looking to improve and do better and not just, 
be satisfied with the status quo, as it were. I think it's always looking to improve, and that's something we've had in our relationship. I think which is important. We've always gone together with things. We've always looked to improve. We're not one or the other of us, or both of us, just saying, "Well, I'm just happy as I am," and I know it's not perfect, but it's just it'll do. No, we were always looking to improve, and I think that's really important. It's that commitment to ourselves, yeah. and for me, I've always been also seen lucid dreams and psychic since birth. I didn't know about it, and then when I realized it, I, I really realized that wow, I can really tap into this. This is a powerful source of energy, and I can I can I can get a lot of I can create a lot of things in my life uh, when you go with it. But at the same time, it, it it is often stepping into unknown and uncertainty. But the more you do it. And the more positive changes you see in your life, the more you trust it and the more you understand that, yes, this is the, 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 the force that is guiding me in life. And uh, by following it, I'm, I'm really creating a different life for myself, the, the life that I want to live, the life that is close to my heart. So, yes, that's a, that's a view. It's a brief experience that we, we are here for in a human form as spiritual beings. And we can do a lot of things in this life to create an even better experience after this physical realm. You know, everyone talks about this when things are going well. But when things are not going well, and it seems as though you found a disconnection from that energy or that whatever's happening isn't going the way you wanted to and it's so disheartening. What are you guys' thoughts about that and how do you get through difficult things and do you have an example of a time you went through something like that? Yes, lots of examples, I yeah. would say. I mean, traveling. So uh, we've been living uh, an international lifestyle for 11 years now. We've lived or traveled to over 30, 30 months. I think Costa Rica is our 31st country. And it brings its own challenges. You know, so many people think that, oh, you're just, you're just there relaxing on the beach all day long. And uh, just everything is so effortless and drinking coconuts. But it's not like that, of course. And there's no certainty and sometimes you come to a new place and you have no friends and you have to build your life from from ground Scratch. zero again yeah, and scratched. find everything yeah. uh, and uh, also with that business and fitting it in and uh, growing it and also now it's grown to a good level and keeps on growing it's meeting the demands of it and also the relationship side of things and our you know a little daughter now she's going to school so that's an important aspect making sure she's in the place that's got a good school and uh, being that, be consistent with that. You know, you don't want to be hopping around everywhere with your child because then they're ungrounded and not having that solid base. So you have to think about all of these things as well. So, you know, it does take a lot of um, conscious effort and uh, yeah, it's a challenge, but you know, through challenges you grow, we realize that. And uh, this is part of being alive. So challenges are a good things. We don't see them as bad things. They're good things. And I would say one of the one of the things that traveling teaches you is to really be open to uncertainties and almost it's a it's like every time is a vulnerable position that you're placing yourself into. But there is so much healing and power in this, and uh, it's also very exciting at the same time. It's new, it's exciting, it's change all the time, and eventually through various situations that happen to you on on, the, on your travels, uh, you you learn so many different cultures and experiences and approaches and uh, you really expand in your horizons. And I think it's invaluable. One of the couples that we interviewed um, in the past, they've had a traveling lifestyle within the U S 
and they we've kind of used the analogy of the tumbleweed, right? Mm. That it kind of blows along, you know, with wherever the breeze goes. Yeah, why did you guys choose to have that kind of a lifestyle and and move to thirty one different countries? Good question. I would say one aspect would be the weather. Yes, that's England. the biggest. That's the biggest. The, if yeah. if England was similar to Florida or Hawaii, we wouldn't move out of England. Yes, uh, or if Costa Rica, then we would be in England because I, it's a great country. We we like England a lot. But the weather is very challenging. It's uh, often very windy, wet, cold, and um, it's a kind of cold that really gets through to your bones. It cuts through your yeah. bones. It's really chilling. So. Yeah. When, when you've got that, and then we changed our diet, and that seemed to propel us in the, in the direction where our bodies just wanted more sunlight. Um, and it was just like we got to the point where we just got to be in a place where we got more sun and we feel more comfortable in the climate. So that was one of the big pushes really yes. for us. And then obviously that means the tropics in the winter. Yeah. And then eventually you see the difference between yourself and your body being in a cold climate versus you thriving in a sunny, warm climate. And you just, it's just a compromise that we cannot make anymore. And um, uh, yes, it, that, that's what inspired us really to keep, to keep on. Uh, yeah. we, uh, last year, we stayed in Spain. We stayed in Spain for a year. We actually got our residency there. We wanted to settle. And it was, a, you know, winters are still pretty cool in Spain. And also because of political, like what's happening in the world right now, we decided to leave Spain. So there, there's a lot of changes, not just, uh, you know, not just like choosing a nice sunny destination, but there's more other also factors other factors now. With the COVID-19 and Political yeah. environment in different countries. So you guys are still searching for that perfect temperature and perfect country. Is that what you guys are doing? Um. I don't think there is a perfect place. I, I yeah, I that's what is. we realize that there isn't. No. So there, there isn't, really isn't. There's always some kind of compromise you have to make somewhere. So we know that we'll, whatever place we choose for ourselves, there'll be challenges. And you, either you accept and live with those challenges or you, you go and you know, live with other, <laughs> with other challenges in another place. But there's always, always going to be some there's kind of challenges. compromise. Yeah. So that's something we've noticed over the time we've traveled, that different places have different aspects we really like. But you never have everything all in one place, I don't think, no. to be we're being honest. It just doesn't exist. So, you know, you just accept that and um, enjoy every place as much as you can and, and the mo live in that moment, as they say. You've got to live in the moment. And I think for us, the ideal scenario is uh, maybe three to four places or so three places or so that we can go to. Yeah. during the year and um, at the same time we have been it's not that we always just spent a week here and a week there we actually live we spent a lot of time in thailand and asia and we lived in bali and malaysia and australia our daughter was born in australia so we tend to live in a place for about six to nine months and then either we leave or we come back again yeah we like it. what's your top three places and why yeah, that's a great question. Do you want to do three for you? <laughs> okay, three so three for me. Australia, for sure. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. Thailand uh, always is always something that we love. We love coming back to Thailand. And the third one, I do like America. I really do. I, I like coming to America for growth and development and 
our clients live in America. There's a lot of uh, America is very dear to our hearts. It's very uh, close because that's where uh, we help people transform their lives, and that's where we learn ourselves. And it offers a lot of opportunities. Yeah, America's um, yeah. I would I would pick the same three basically. And America, I feel with America, it's just this. It's a special place because we've been there a few times and we've had interesting experiences there. We've been to Sedona, we've been to Shasta, we've been to um, Cedro Woolley up in the north past Seattle and um, other places. But it's just this special specialness about it. It's, there's so many different aspects to the country. It's a big place. You know, it's like a, a continent in, in mm-hmm. itself inside that. So I just have a special connection there. And yeah. um, I love going back because it's such a diversity of the people, the culture within America itself and the, the geography as well. Yeah, it's a special place. We always like coming back to America. I mean, sometimes we talk about living in America, but obviously we're not U.S. citizens. But uh, yeah, it's a special place. Yeah, that was another question I had about citizenship and, and the legalities. And also, if there's been any interesting like customs that you had to adjust to that were different in another country. Mm, every country is so different and there's always some adjustment that you yeah. have to make and uh there's by certain countries easier for visas and certain sure. countries are harder yeah so, that can make it difficult to live there yeah exactly so thailand is not that easy anymore no there's a lot of uh, uh trips that you need to make and stamps that you need to to, to stamp and i would say with um some countries like thailand for example um, they're more relaxed. You don't feel like you're in a rat race. <laughs> Some of the Western countries, you can feel like that sometimes. Yeah. It's very, very busy and everybody's frantically doing everything they need to do. And then you go to somewhere like Thailand, it's all a bit more relaxed and you feel a pace of life is slower and you can take in more, I think, yeah. in that sort of environment. But then sometimes you can get to the stage where you think, I like it a bit more fast paced. So then you want to change <laughs> and go somewhere yeah. else. Do you guys speak other languages? I speak Russian, obviously, and Espanol and Poco. And Poco and Jakobo Poliskini in Norge. So that was... I speak Russian a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because when we were in Spain, there was nobody that spoke English. Right. Yeah. So if yeah. you guys were going to live there, that had yeah. to be a little challenging. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, we got, uh, you've got your uh, phones these days, so you can always put the Our translator Our Google Translator <laughs> works, Yes. <laughs> Now, you mentioned that you had a daughter, right? Do you have one child? Yes, one yes. child. How has she adapted to all of these moves and different cultures and different changes like that? Yes, that's a great question mm. and an interesting one. Obviously, when they're young, uh, that doesn't matter. It's just adventure. Oh, we're going to Thailand. Oh, we're we going. So they, they're not really attached to friends or the environment. And now I would say it's more of a challenge. This is why we spent a year in Spain and we wanted to settle there. And uh, uh, we would love to be in England. It's just such a great environment, but because of the weather. So we are testing other places and US is still also on our list of places. And we appreciate the fact that our daughter at this age benefits would benefit from a more stable environment and Mm -hmm. so we're happy to adapt and adjust because we with our laptops we can be anywhere working with any from any location in the world and we've got a beautiful human being also we've got to meet needs of so that's um that's what we are focusing on how did you guys choose to have a child or did you not choose choose us (laughs) 
Yeah, she, she, chose, she, us. she chose us. <laughs> she came. Yes. <laughs> yeah, she came. And that was a beautiful surprise. A really beautiful surprise. So So were you guys just kind of open to whatever was going to happen? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just she came. And I mean, we're very conscious beings. And it, it was the kind of a decision when we were thinking, well, let's us, let us settle and build a house and then we'll have a child and... She came and then life revolved around it and uh, it was just uh, a beautiful gift. So we were in England uh, when I got pregnant and then went to Thailand, but I, then we went to Australia yeah. to give birth there. Mm-hmm. And um, yes. Well, was that ever a, a, a challenge for the two of you? Did you ever you know, talk about like, how are we going to do this? You know, going from country to country and, you know, obviously considering your daughter and, and education, you know, how did you handle those, those difficult conversations? Yes, absolutely. We yeah, did. We did. Absolutely. Well, earlier, when Eleni was younger, daughter's name is Eleni, uh, we had my mom who traveled with me. Actually, my mom is also kind of, uh, she loves uh, gypsy life and <laughs> traveling and uh, she, she, she likes doing it as well and discovering places. And uh, she was helping us. So we would work during the day. My mom would help us. And uh, we're very committed to also conscious parenting when it comes to our daughter. So I did long-term breastfeeding and we did co-sleeping and we did baby carrying for as long as we could. Mm -hmm. So we didn't want to just keep on putting her into different nurseries. And this is why my mom was with us. And uh, now... uh, uh, now she's at that age where she can go and, and do alternative schooling. So she's doing Waldorf Diner School here in Costa Rica. It's a beautiful school. And we always go for private alternative schools for her. But so far, she's only been in two. One in Spain, yeah. Montessori. And now she's, she's doing schooling here. In what way is your guys' relationship similar or different from your parents? <laughs> My parents yes. divorced when I was three and a half. And it was a really a really difficult divorce that they went through. So that was a big um, trauma that I had to work through for for many years. And uh, Paul, talk about your parents. Yeah, so my parents stayed together, been married, gosh. 55, over 50 years. years. Um, So they've been very stable and I was very appreciative of that. Um, Obviously, I would say obviously, but I can see the flaws in their relationship. So I try and learn from you know what they've done but obviously the good things as well the good aspects to it and try and put those into our relationship and um realize that it's never a finished job it's always ex- more you can do as well so never think well that's it now i've done everything i don't need to change or do anything else no there's always work to do so i think that's important to understand so how do you guys deal with conflict Yes, that's a great question because that, there was a lot of growth with that as well in the past. I, I would say the more you grow in yourself, the more you open up to spiritual essence in you uh, and also spiritual practices, the more you surrender to um, not surrender in a way that's like, oh, yeah, I, just, I won't notice it, but surrender in a way that oh, let me just breathe through it. So let me just see if there's another way that I can react in this situation. And um, moving away more and more from reactive 
sort of like, oh, it's like this. And he's like, oh, I don't like this. So um, just understanding being considered, we're really like nonviolent communication approach. Also, when you consider another person's approach and understands that they've got a point and you've got a point and come from that space. And at the same time, we, we also have our challenges and it's yeah. uh, I mean, traveling and adapting to time difference and uh, doing a business. And it then puts, sometimes you know, strain on you. So you've got to deal with that as well. And then obviously keep a relationship working well. And uh, so sometimes it's challenging. Yeah, for sure. Um, but again, I would say the spiritual side of things, you always come back to that. And it's like, okay, what can I learn from this? And, uh, you know, it's, you try and treat your partner the way you try and treat yourself, hopefully. And uh, you realize that and you always try and work through things. So as you say, you go away, you take a deep breath and think about what you've said, what you might not have said, and then come back and meet in the middle somewhere and say, okay, fine. I'm, you know, I've made some mistakes. Perhaps you made some mistakes, but I hold my hands up and uh, let's, uh, you know, call a truce or whatever words you want to use. So Yeah. I would say talking about it is uh, such an important aspect. So not, um, not, not, not suppressing it suppressing yeah. it and um, actually talking about your feelings and emotions and that is something that I've always been good at I would say you had to learn it more because of the way your family is it's more emotionally detached yes yes I would say so and I thought, yeah that would come from my family my parents so that's something I've had to learn myself yeah it's to be more open and if I don't like something or something's not right then actually say yeah you know not everything's okay and uh, I think uh, you used to have this saying, English people would say, how are you? You'd ask one and they'd say, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. Yeah, but you're I, not really okay. <laughs> I, I remember working, <laughs> someone working with a, with a council in England and uh, she said, oh, I'm okay is another name for English people. I'm okay. I'm, no, but it's not. So, so that is something that I've always been um, really um, committed to communicating and communicating my own feelings and emotions. Paul knows how I feel. I'm not going to be, I never suppress it. And he's always there to, to meet me and support me and understand me. And it's that, that level of openness. And I think it's also understanding this. It's, it's okay to be vulnerable and open, open up about it. And if certain things are not working or you're struggling in certain areas, it's important to talk about it. Because then, then, then that's how you grow in your relationship yourself and in your relationship and then you find solutions and then you work through things together. But I think it really all comes down to that deep commitment to, to that truth that you represent as yourself and as a couple as well and to your marriage. I know that it's we really live in a culture of quick fixes, whether it's to do with health. Oh, I've got a headache. Let me just drink that pill. Oh, I've got this and let me just take another medication for it or whether it's to do with um, feelings and emotions, I'm happy, or let me just drink more, or let me just overeat. And it's just all that suppress, 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 and looking for quick fixes. And then eventually you realize that that's not the way to be. So it's the same in, in our relationship. It's, uh, you know, for example, we would love to have, by now we would love to have lit, actually, had our land and house and lived, but it hasn't happened yet. And we know we're getting there, it will happen. It, it seems like it's a long, very long journey, perhaps much longer than what we had expected and wanted to. But, but there's that saying is you've got to trust in the universe. Yeah. yeah. And I think it was Gabby Bernstein, is it? The yeah. book, Trust in the Universe. And uh, we've yeah. had plenty of examples where we trusted and we like, okay, we let the universe do it, what it needs to do. And 
we come out the other side and it's like, oh yeah, actually it all went through okay yeah. in the end. Yeah, it's still taking responsibility. Yeah. And at the same time, there is a certain level of trust, trust that you need some faith that you need to put into things. And, you know, having kind of a business together and living together, traveling together, I'm sure it kind of puts you guys in, you know, almost like this, this uh, you know, this boiling pot, Pressure right? Cooker. Pressure <laughs> cooker, right? To kind of, you know, really focus on, you know, the struggles and challenges that, that all couples face is trying to find that that common ground, right? And, and share in that vulnerability. And, you know, kind mm. of Paul hearing that kind of hearing that, that you went through that shift of having to connect, you know, with your own vulnerability and be able to express and, and emote, you know, I think that's something that uh, a lot of men struggle with. I know all the men that I work with, you know, one of the things I, I ask them, you know, how are you doing? Don't use words like good, fine, okay, all right, better or tired. <laughs> Right. Because those are usually the words that come out of our mouths and we're just trained and domesticated to respond in that way. Right. Yeah. Versus really connecting with how you are feeling in this moment. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We, we do cover up a lot of things as human beings or can do. And um, only when you really get under the surface, do you really find you know, your true feelings. But that can be difficult for a lot of people. And like you said, Dr. Ray, you know, it's, it's really reprogramming yourself because by default, that's how we are good. Fine. I'm okay. That's the default. Yes. And then it's, it's changing, really understanding that, no, this is, this is not the way, this is not the, the way that allows me to express myself and uh, finding different ways. So it does. It's, it's, it's constant challenge and growth. And uh, really, whether it's to do with business or travel or relationship or raising kids, it is all challenging. And so I really, I, I really wish that people saw it more as that because then it's like, well, then we need to find ways to, to like, there's a, this, uh, it's a, uh, it's a journey and we need to find solutions and we need to work on things to make it happen versus, oh, it's, it's like, it will just all happen by itself because it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. You have to make it a, you know, conscious input into it and put, put work into it. Sure. Just take work. One of the things that we've noticed is couples tend to sort of grow in a leapfrog pattern where one kind of goes through something and then they kind of, you know, there's too much of a gap and then the other person sort of catches up. Um, what are some things you guys do to, you know, people talk about spiritual development. What are some things you do to develop spiritually and what do you do when there is that disconnect and is one of you more likely to be a seeker and look for different ways of thinking or, or being in the world, or are you both have your, uh, separate paths or do you do it together? Yes, you're right. Because in every relationship, every couple is also this individuality and this individual growth as well as a couple growth. So that is a, that is a great, very interesting question. I, I generally, I notice that women tend to take these leaps first. And uh, that's why most of Paul's clients are women. Uh, they care about their health and they want to do it. And yeah. uh, that's just what we've noticed. We've, I mean, we've worked in coaching businesses with hundreds, probably thousands of clients over the years. And, uh, and customers, it's women yeah, who yeah. take that leap first. Exactly. Usually. Yes. I remember I had a lady from Utah and uh, she was looking to change her health and you know, work with us. And she asked her husband, and he was there and he said, well, yeah, you'll never know anyway. I 
and she said, right, that's it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, as soon as he said that, he, you know, he, basically he wasn't really interested. He, he said, well, you're not going to do it anyway. And she said, right, I'm going to do it. And this is it. This You see this so many times with the clients I have is the women uh, are willing to put themselves out there and, and do it. Whereas the men tend to be a bit more, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm just okay with it as it is. And I'll just stay where I am in the status quo. And they won't really do anything. They won't push themselves. But the women, the ladies, yes, I see it over and over again. They do that. They're willing to put themselves into a, into a place they're perhaps not comfortable, but they know that they can grow from it and get better and healthier and then they're willing to do it. So are they more braver? Perhaps they are. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's also for our understanding of spiritual has changed. We do not, I, we don't see it as some kind of external energy or God who will come and save us and uh, that's going to be our savior. We really think that it's, it's, and the more you realize that, the more, responsible it makes you in your life for decisions because really it's you yes there is a greater uh, energy creation Power, yeah. that we all are part of and at, at the same time interact it interacts with us through our bodies and uh, it's up to us to develop ourselves and uh, it is really to do with personal responsibility and um, it's uh yeah, it's conscious action yeah. and thoughts and yeah. moving forward. Yeah, as we're part of that overall consciousness. And I see it wants us to grow and realize ourselves and um, connect more and uh, encourages us to do that. And then obviously to do that, we have to push ourselves and go through challenges. And then the more we do that and the more connected we feel, the more people we can help. And everything just grows because we're all, we're all together at the end of the day. We're all linked together. There is no separateness in true reality we're all linked so it's all about yes and i, I would say helping. especially now we're realizing that more and more in the world just the, the way the events are in the world and it's challenging i think for everyone when i when um we were actually athletes before a daughter and we had more time <laughs> to exercise for three hours a day and uh endurance athletes so when we one of the things that you notice when you do endurance race whatever it is that you do however fit you are you'll always have that dip and that dip when you start to doubt yourself when you start to think like you're going to give up and your mind will start convincing you giving you a thousand reasons why you shouldn't do it and why you're weak and why it's enough and why you should stop and you you almost run with that energy you know that it's going to pass it's going to pass and you keep on going and you keep on moving and it does. Eventually, then all of a sudden, there's another just new energy that it's you feel like a, in your body and yeah. it keeps you going. And then you learn some, something from the past. So it seems that it's the same when it comes to business and marriage and parenthood. There, there are always ups and downs. It's and, like building a muscle. Yeah. So the more you use it, the stronger it gets. So you just got to keep working on it, working on it. And then the more runs, as you said, you do more long distance runs you do, the easier it gets. It can be still be tough, but it gets easier you're more used to it you get into it you get into a habit so you know what to expect, you know what to expect. <laughs> yeah. and then when it happens you said okay i can deal with this i've done it before let's let's make it happen i can do i can deal with this and, uh, and i would say in that society it would be great to see people also talk about these things because it's always glossy magazines amazing smiling fitness models and everything just so perfect and smiling you know, parents with kids jumping on a beach together. And like, people who don't have their life this way think that there's something wrong with them. That's like, wow, I'm living, I'm overwhelmed. And, I, you know, I've got uh, kids and uh, challenges. And 
and they feel like some there's something wrong with them. And I, I wish we were more uh, open about it in our society. And it was fine to say, to express your emotions more. I, I so. think it's really important to really emphasize that the ups and downs are part of the normal progression in a relationship, you know, and, you know, you guys were talking about, you know, some of these differences that you're seeing between, you know, men and women and how women are the ones typically that initiate change. And mm -hmm. we do see that same trend as well. And there's, you know, a lot of biological reasons and differences that kind of contribute to that. You know, men, we can only use one hemisphere of, of the brain at a time, whereas women can actually use both hemispheres simultaneously. You know, men are much more solution focused. If there's a problem, let's focus on the problem and fix it. And if there isn't a problem, then status quo is good, yeah. right? There's a reason behind the, the phrase that if, if mom's not happy, nobody's happy. But, you know, we see 80 to 90% of um, the, the couples coming to us, it's the woman that is actually initiating change in the relationship. It, and, and it's a little beyond that. Like she almost has to get to the point where she's going to leave before the guy will go, okay, I'll, I'll do something different. Right. You know, and I think that is part of the way that, you know, we are biologically designed. There's a, um, there's a book I'm reading about the new feminine brain and it talks about the continuum of our brain of masculine and feminine. And of course that has nothing to do with what we are as gender. Well, some of it, but we're on this continuum. All men aren't this way and all women aren't that way. But they describe it like this. So the masculine brain all the way over at the most extreme is like a house with many rooms. And every room has a telephone in it. But every room's telephone is a different number. So if a guy's on the phone in this room, he doesn't know what's going on in the rest of the house. Right? And the woman's brain or the, the feminine brain at its extreme is there's a room with... Well, there's a house with many rooms and every room has a phone, but it's all the same line. So when she picks uh -huh. it up, she knows what's going on everywhere, including when she watches him hang the phone up with her and go somewhere else and pick up another line. Right. Uh -huh. And so we're so much, uh, our, our brains are designed to pay attention because, you know, you got to make sure, you know, back in hunter gatherer days, the men were hunting and focused and they couldn't worry about what was going on anywhere else. And women were like, okay, I got to stir the soup and make sure the kid's not getting eaten by a tiger and gather strawberries so we're more multitasking. So there is a lot of truth to, you know, our brain development and why we're that way. Very interesting, Jean. Yeah. Yes, Very thank you. Yeah, and it is so true, absolutely. And it, it seems like we need to go beyond this. We're just sort of really evolving into new. Well, I think new that's what spiritual new. development is, right? Yeah. Spiritual development and some of the techniques you use, like meditation and um, uh, being really focused, whether you chant or or do yoga or something that really helps you be really present in your body, and and then to the next level of what what's going on emotionally and how do you manage that and and work through that and trust your emotions again beyond what you were domesticated to trust, right? And so, what would you guys say to an individual or a couple who has kind of found out that they're pretty stuck in their life, right? Because when we're not living in our truth, everything kind of falls apart. Our health falls apart, other things, right? What would you say to someone in that space? Acknowledge 
acknowledge it. Really, just that that's the first step. I'm stuck. I need help. That's just the first step. And so many people will not take it because that means, oh, now I need to do something about it and, <laughs> and really get help. I'm sure working with people like yourself and uh, getting help, that that's the fastest way. Of course, there are also books and videos, but really the fastest way just depends. How much time do you have? If you want it, if you want to get deeper and do it fast and do it in a way that will accelerate your journey, then it's just getting help. I mean, we are coaches ourselves. We know, it's like, well, I want to build a business. What's the best way? Well, get a coach. I, I want to fix my health. I want to lose weight. I want to balance my hormones. What the best? Well, just, you know, that's the fastest way because you'll get feedback on, on the exact things that you need to work on. And it can take you decades to realize what they are. And uh, I think the important part as well is if you're the sort of person um, who is inclined to think, well, if I've got to get help, means there's something wrong with me. So I, I'm not going to get help. I'm okay. I'm okay. I really am okay. But it's like, no, you've got to realize there's so many aspects of life and health, whatever it may be, that you're not an expert in. You really know very little. So there are people out there who can really help you. So get over that hurdle of thinking, I, well, I don't need help because then I'm admitting I've got some kind of problem. That's just being a human being. Get over that and say, yeah, I need help. I, you know, put your hand out, get some help from somebody who can really fast track you to where you want to get to and save you lots of pain and suffering. So we mm -hmm. see this with the people we work with and the ladies I work with. I work with a lady now who's in America and she's been through so much. She's had chemo four times with breast cancer and she had constant headaches for years every week. And now we've been working together for two weeks and already for seven days, she's had no headaches, which has been the first time in like ever for her and which is like a major success for her sleeping better sleep starting just... to sleep better feeling more energy and um it's because she reached out and um she wasn't scared of realizing that i was trying it but it wasn't working and um i just not good enough when it comes to knowing what to eat and how to change my health so she reached out to to me to us and it's changing already within a short space of time so don't be scared reach out if you need help please do it because <laughs> otherwise you'll just stay stuck and then one day you'll realize, ah, perhaps I should have done this a long time ago. So don't get in that space. Don't wait for it. Reach out, get help, and you'll be so thankful that you did because you're going to fast track yourself to success and to wherever you want to get to with your health or your relationship. And it's going to really benefit you yeah. and the people around you as well. Absolutely. And another thing as well, that, that, that's uh, realizing that you need help. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. You know, people might think, oh, what? my relationship isn't perfect, therefore I'm, it's something wrong with me. It doesn't mean that at all. It actually means that you're so committed to yourself and your growth. And people spend so much time in, in the state of disease and uh, troubled marriage and uh, broke finances that they forget what it's like to have it flow in and to have it in the way that they want it and they really identify themselves with pain so much that sometimes they don't even believe that perhaps their marriage has been uh, struggling for so long they don't even believe that it's possible and uh, gosh totally give it a, absolutely do it it's uh, it's just a case of um, finding the right we, we live in an imperfect world you know there's a lot of things we haven't been taught when we, we were growing up as children and young adults to so be coming to adulthood there are a lot of imperfections with us, but that's not to say we're bad people. It's just mm -hmm. that we haven't had the nurturing environment to give us what we need. So we then have to go back and think, okay, well, I need to fix this. I need to do that. 
So that means we've got to reach out. Don't see yourself as a failure. See yourself as Growing. someone who's going to grow from this and you want yeah. to grow. So see it from a positive angle all the time. Never, yeah. never see things from negative because that in itself will suppress you. So yeah. instead of saying, oh, gosh, today I just feel such a failure. Instead say, God, today I really, I need some more help. I feel like there's a gap somewhere I need to fill and I need someone's help. So always put it into a positive um, mode because that really helps reinforce the way you think and, and your health as well because it affects your hormones, um, you, your stress levels, it affects the whole being. So it's really important to, to, to realize that we're here to you know, help each other, help ourselves first and foremost so we can be the people that can then help change the world in a, in a better way. And you know, we're good people at heart. Yeah. We just want to reach out and get help when we need it. So please do. That's and the I'm happy marriage is worth it. I mean, the divorce rate is astonishing in our world. And uh, uh, people need to find solutions. And really, we're very, very committed to our marriage. It's a deep level. So it's a deep, deep level. And yes, we have challenges and we face them and going forward. I, th I think it comes from that level of commitment. And I think especially when you're raising kids, that's um, that's a, like a different level of challenge that you, you, you have to experience and then different personalities and then they have their own boundaries and then power battles and then your relationship. So it's, uh, it, and it's just the best ways to get help, really is. Because I'm sure that Gene uh, and uh, Dr. Ray, you, you've helped couples through all kinds of scenarios and you know the answers already. Uh, yeah, and I, I think it's really important to stress that you don't have to wait, you know, until there's a problem to really learn things about your relationship to level up, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always remind our clients that even Olympic athletes have coaches. You know, they mm -hmm. are like the best athletes in the world, yet they need that outside perspective because it's very hard to see inward in what it is that we are doing. We need that outside perspective as a reflection so that we can improve ourselves. And we, we all have blind spots, right? And that's yeah. why we need teachers to be able to help us see them. Yeah, we see yeah. things like on a developmental continuum. So if you t just take the physical body, you know, you have the person way on one end that is probably sick or they're not moving or they're eating a lot of bad foods and their body's de-optimized, right? And most people sort of live in the middle where they're kind of doing okay. And then you got Olympic athletes way on the other end. And at any moment, you could choose to shift on that continuum. And it usually requires thinking and learning something more than you know, right? And so whether it's your relationship or your emotional regulation or even mentally stimulating you to learn new things, all of those things require that work to get optimized on the next level. So last question for you guys. What is it that your partner does that you know they love you? Gosh, there are lots of things. I would say for sure that the little things that um, she does, like making food for me if I'm going out somewhere, she packs all the food and the things that I want. Um, so I go out and it's all there for me. Um, I would say that's a, a big aspect of it. And always thinking forward for us, planning things. So if we're going somewhere, she will plan and uh, get everything ready for us. Um, the instigator again, if you'd like, for traveling somewhere and uh, looking for all the small details. So, yeah, I, I would say that. Yes, yeah, so it is kind of interesting because it's really little things, I think, that make the, the big difference when it comes to love. And uh, it's similar for me. Paul makes my smoothies and he will, he's always there to help me grow. So when 
when we go somewhere and I have an event, a three-day event, for example, I went to a mastermind event for business for three days, and Paul was looking after Eleni, and that allowed me to connect with others, to grow, to fulfill my needs, many growth opportunities. Paul is there to help me, to help me grow, and that is something that I really appreciate in you and uh, in our relationship. Uh, and uh, yes, he's very, you're very caring. That's just the level of care and attention. Well, Paul and Yulia, we want to thank you so much for being on our podcast today. You know, um, we, we wholeheartedly thank also all our listeners for joining and listening to Couples Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples have a happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. You know, human beings have been sharing stories since the beginning of time to bond and heal and grow. And we hope that by you guys sharing your story, it's enriched your lives and the lives of our listeners. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as the Couple's Weekend Intensive and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know anyone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Thank you.